This is Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, and you're listening to Music Mania. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal? We rock! But the evil that men do... You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. It is officially the final Music Mania Podcast episode of... The month of January, thank you so much for joining me here on yet another journey into the rock cosmos as I'm going to be bringing on a very special guest this week. He is known for directing and editing the film Attack of Life, the Bang Tango movie, as uh, also the guitarist for the band Bang Tango, Mr. Drew Fortier, is going to be joining me to talk about all his projects, including starring in a new horror movie, Her Name Was Krista, and he's going to be officially announcing his next film project right here on the show. Drew Fortier is a true renaissance man in the uh, new music world, a tremendous guitarist, and we're going to be talking about all that and much more, including um, his new band, Zen From Mars, uh, featuring members of Kick Tracy, Enough's Enough, and Fear Factory. He's done video work for guys like Vince Neil, Slaughter, and Queensryche. Drew's a great guy. He's sort of, sort of a musical and pop culture soulmate. Uh, as you'll see in this interview, one of my one of my favorite interviews I've ever done here on the Music Mania podcast, and that goes back to doing, you know, having guys on, you know, like Dave Ellefson from Megadeth, uh, JJ French from Twisted Sister, Tommy James from Tommy James and the Shondells. We've done so many wonderful interviews here, but this is one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. Definitely hit it off, uh, made a new friend, so to speak. We've uh, always kind of hit it off and talked on social media, but we were able to make this interview happen, and he's so kind as to allow us to sort of announce his brand new film project, even after he vowed he would never do another documentary. Drew is going to be back doing a very uh, important uh, project, in my opinion, and we're going to be talking to him about that. We're going to sort of unveil the project here in just a little bit when we get to the interview. But before we do that, uh, I've got to announce that later in the week on Friday, as a normally our podcasts, of course, drop on Fridays, this is a special early week edition uh, this week, but uh, Friday, we are going to be joined by none other than the voice of rock, Glenn Hughes. So please uh, be sure to join us back for that one. Excited to talk to him. It's the second time he will be on this show. Huge fan of Glenn's from, from Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, all the things he's been able to, to do and accomplish. A Black Country Communion just released a new awesome album here in the last few months. A huge fan of Glenn's. Just uh, he's a rock and roll hall of famer, and he's going to be back on this show talking about a very important topic to him. He just recorded a version of Roxanne by the Police for a special project that he's been working on. So excellent stuff coming up here. I am personally am going to be traveling to uh, Tampa, Florida, here on February seventh, and going to be enjoying some time down there and in Clearwater Beach. And going to be checking out the uh, L.A. Gun show down there at the Brass Mug in Tampa. So going to be covering that show. Uh, might grab an interview down there if I can uh, make that work uh, time-wise. Definitely going to be reviewing the show and uh, looking forward to seeing my first reunion show between Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis. Of course, we had Phil on the show um, what a couple months ago, I guess it was. So excited to, to catch up with those guys and, and see them live uh, for the first time. I was able to catch Phil's version of L.A. Guns before he reformed with Tracy. 
back on uh, New Year's Day 2016. But before we get to our interview with Mr. Drew Fortier, I've got to tell you about CD Warehouse in Gladstone. They are our proud sponsor. And guys, for 22 years, they are a staple of the Northland. I own 90% of the music that I've ever purchased. It is from CD Warehouse. Guys, buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyls, and more. Please hit up my buddy Randy Ringer at 816-455-2130. And you can find them at 2504 Northeast 57th Terrace in Gladstone. Drew, it's Clint, man. How's it going? Going good, man. How are you? Well, good. I'm glad we got this worked out. You know, we had a little confusion, um, of course, here in Missouri. You're in Indiana, and we, we couldn't quite get the time worked out because your weird state doesn't have daylight <laughs> savings time. What's up with that? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. It's, I, I don't even know what time it is at the time. It's like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, Phoenix I, is like, I think uh, Arizona is the same thing, too, I think. Arizona. Like, that's right. Those are the two states I have to avoid because I'm very uh, time conscious, <laughs> and it threw me off. I was actually in Indiana one time, and I was trying to go to I was going to go to a, a Reds game in Ohio, which isn't too far across the border, you know, down there in Ohio. And, and I, I just, I, I don't think I made it to the game on time. It just didn't make sense. I like, I, can't, I couldn't get it figured out. But, uh, man, glad you're able to join us. So much going on. Uh, it's good to finally talk to you. We've talked uh, kind of over the years, just you know, on social media and stuff, talking about um, some of the things you've been working on. But, but Drew, a lot going on for you. Uh, how's 2018 been treating you so far? Oh, it's great. Just, uh, just keeping busy with all the, all the goofy random stuff I end up doing somehow. And um, just uh, wonderful. I'm, uh, I'm in. Actually, I just moved out to Indiana. Uh, last summer, I'm, uh, I'm engaged. as an amazing, amazing, amazing woman. And um, I just, you know, adjusting to Indiana, and I love it out here, actually. It's not from the time zone, of course. But um, it's, uh, it's it's lovely, and and, uh, and just kind of gearing up for the year with all, you know, I got I guess I, I didn't, you never realize how much you got going on until you have to talk about what you got going on. I guess there's a lot going on. <laughs> there, there is, man. You got engaged. Congratulations for that. I think we're about the same age. I'm 33. I know you're a younger dude, man, so... Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 30. Okay, so you're younger than me. This is unbelievable. So you, you, I've never been married in my life. I don't think I could ever do it. It's not for me. I, I, I just, I'm too much of an adventurer. I'm always going somewhere, man. I, I, don't, I just don't think I could do it. But you, you, you seem to have met someone, someone great. That's 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 rare in this world, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's absolutely incredible. She just uh, is so supportive, and she's just uh, amazing in every way humanly possible. And uh, and she's come out to the, uh, with me to the Bang Tango shows over the summer and all that. She had a blast, and it's, it's just like my partner in crime. Well, well, we've got a lot to get into. Of course, you know the guitar, uh, rhythm guitarist for Bang Tango. Of course, uh, Zen from Mars as well. I want to get into that. Um, but you know, we, we just came across uh, the two year, I guess, two year uh, anniversary of uh, the release of um, Attack of Life, the you know the, the Bang Tango documentary that uh, you released on YouTube and. This is fascinating to me as a fellow filmmaker, uh, not a good one or anything, but just <laughs> someone that's, you know, that's done a film before and getting ready to do another one here this fall. Talk about the process of making that and just kind of take us back to making it, because I know then two years ago you wind up joining the band, but what was kind of your connection to the band leading up to making this and then going into the process of making it and just kind of how it all got going at the beginning? Oh, it's, it's the most ridiculous story ever. Oh, man. It actually it was... Seven years ago, we came out two years ago, and um, I started it seven years ago. And uh, I was bartending at this bar at the time in, on the south side of Chicago. And my boss was like, "We're gonna have Bang Tango play here." I'm like, oh, "I remember that." My older brother listened to them when I was growing up, so I remember the name. I remember, I remember some of the tunes and all that. I'm like, "Cool!" And I was a big Beautiful Creatures fan, so I couldn't wait to meet Joe. And um, so they uh, they show up. I'm there, and uh, it, it's a smaller kind of place. And I had I had this uh, like Zoom video recorder in my hand just to you know just just for kicks. And then Joe, the singer, 
uh, comes up to me and he's like, I had long hair. And he's like, hey, man, you look cool. You know where I could, you know, I could find some weed. And I was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, then he's like, uh, what's that in your hand? And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a camera. He's like, whoa, uh, you want to you want to make a documentary on us? We're recording in Chicago in a couple of weeks. I'm like, sure. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and I had no film background whatsoever. No clue what I was doing. I just signed up for it, you know, just the craziest four years of my life. And, I, you know, then, uh, so I, I kept in touch with them. And then they came back to Chicago to record. And I, you know, I showed up at the airport as they were landing. And they were like, you were serious? And I was like, whoa. <laughs> and, uh. So it goes into the studio and I start getting footage and all that. And it was for the, uh, they were recording Pistol Whip and the Bible Belt. And um, it's me and my, uh, my friend Joe Pleskowski helped me shoot a lot of that. And um, we're in the studio. And then, you know, in a couple of days, and it's like, eh, I think we should spice this up a little bit. So I introduced, uh, I introduced alcohol to the situation. Always <laughs> and, helps. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And so I had to, <laughs> it worked. I got some great footage. And then, Everybody started drinking earlier and earlier and earlier. Next thing you know, we're doing shots of Jaeger at like 10 a.m. And I was like, oh boy. And, um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and originally the movie was just supposed to be like a, just a studio documentary. And then, um, and then I ended up while there, uh, interviewing Joe and all that, talking about, he was talking about the original band and all that, and just kind of the history. And I was like, well, that, that sounds like it could be expanded upon. And so I uh, got in touch with all the original guys in the band, uh, Mark Knight, Kyle Kyle, Kyle Stevens, Gig, and all that. And Mark kind of put it all together from there. And, and um, they're all just kind of surprised that, you know, I was in my early 20s at the time, so some some weird kid from Chicago wants to make a movie about him. And um, no filmmaking experience whatsoever. And... Um, and so I ended up flying out to LA, you know, I got to know Mark really good and I uh, interviewed all the guys and then just ended up getting pretty much almost everybody from the original band to where the band was at that point, all the members. So we got like, um, we got Danny Aon, we got, uh, Mark Tremalia, who's now in Little Caesar and, uh, and just all, and all these guys. And then the movie kind of started to take shape a little bit and then next thing I know I ended up like 400 hours of footage because I'd go on the road with Bang Tango from here and there and all that and I didn't know how to log footage too well and so that was just nuts and then so it, it probably took about two and a half years before I decided to sit down and be like alright I guess I better edit this friggin thing and um, and that was extremely overwhelming and uh, I, I'm still finding the pieces of my brain that I lost while putting the whole thing together. And, uh, yeah, oh, man. And it was, oh, God. Just thinking about it. It's, uh, it's so bittersweet, but more sweet than bitter, you know. And, um, and then, we, uh, then I had the bright idea of getting somebody to narrate, like, an opening for it. And so I wrote that out. And I was like, oh, this would be great for, like, D. Snyder or something like that. So I sent his manager an email. And he was like, D, D, uh, he's a port. I'm like, what? Uh, how much does he want? He's like, don't worry about it. I'm like, Whoa. And so then he emailed me back with the wave file of D reading the opening, as, as you hear now. And and the uh, coolest thing was D added his own two cents at one point, like in the opening narration. He's like, yeah. still can be? All right, I'm rooting for him. And I was like, that's awesome. That sets the tone perfectly, you know? And so it's so like, I kept that in there. And, um, and just piecing it together, the movie, I just had to do it in pieces because there's so much footage and so many interviews. And, um, and so it just kind of went, that was like the only way I can make this happen is like chronologically. And, uh, and so I just kind of whittled away at everything and 
I pretty much asked everybody the same questions, and so I was able to, you know, cut between that and people's reactions to the questions and different opinions and all that, and at uh, different time frames. And so I kind of structured out the movie a bit, and uh, so that I was able to figure that out. And once again, no filmmaking experience whatsoever, no clue what the hell I was doing. I thought somebody else was going to edit it, and then uh, then the guys were like, "So, um, how's the movie going? You're going to like edit it?" I was like, "I thought you guys were going to find somebody." Like, no. That's that's gonna be you. I'm like, great, and and then uh, and then uh, there's some great interviews in there too. The the full Howard Benson interview is amazing. He goes into the music business, and that could be a documentary in it of itself. It's just so, so much insight. Ricky Rackman was awesome, and um, and I, so then I ended up like a like a rough cut of the movie. It's like an hour and forty five minutes long, and it was like just based on the tone alone, it was like X rated. Like, sure. like ten minutes into yeah, like like ten minutes into the movie, you like hate Bang Tango. I'm like, I should probably fix this a little bit, and uh, you know, a lot of debauchery back then. And as Howard Benson says in the movie, that it wasn't a good time for women. Yeah, <laughs> and so that, that so like off the bat, you're like hearing about all these awful, awful uh, situations with the. It was, and it's unbelievable. And I, I love the way that the story is woven. I think you did an amazing job. And this is just kind of amazing to hear all this because this is kind of my my own uh, experience with the, my first film and kind of going into a second, just becoming a passion. But for what what did you use to edit this with? What kind of program? And this is just for us filmmaking nerds here. No one probably cares at all about this. What did you use to edit it with? And then why did you wind up um, going with the, the YouTube route? Kind of. And I think that I've kind of just briefly talked to you before, just maybe some of the, the music and the record label and the copyrights and stuff like that. We ran into the same issues, so kind of get into that. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, let's see. So uh, I edited on uh, Final Cut Pro X. Yeah. And... Um, I, the first, uh, the first thing I ever edited was actually a music video for Bang Tango. Is because they're, you know, they're, they're like, uh, so we got this new album and you got all this footage. Why don't you edit us a music video? I was like, I don't know how to do that. They're like, well, learn. And I was like, all right. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just I did the Live Life video, and um, then their booking agent actually loved it. Then he, I did, uh, ended up doing a lot of video work for like Vince Neil and Slaughter and all that. But um, so it was final. So and that was an iMovie. Uh, and then so I just I was like okay I gotta put on some big boy pants now and so I ended up I won't say how I got it but I ended up with Final Cut Pro X wink wink and um, so I started uh, just you know kind of figuring out how to work that damn thing which is <laughs> you know, it's not like a monkey trying to figure out how to use a computer Yes, I have the. Uh, we used Premiere Pro, and it's kind of the same kind of the same thing. We had to teach ourselves every bit of it, so I know exactly what you went through there. And uh, we're transitioning over to Final Cut for our next film. So I guess we have a have our work cut out for us. It's uh, there. Oh, yeah, you go. <laughs> any any questions you ever have with anything, let me know. Especially That's... when it's dealing with stress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you went through all the stress, so you can save others the stress later on. You should make a YouTube video about every little di- d- minute detail of Final Cut. That's how we made a film, watching YouTube videos, how to render and <laughs> yeah. cross-dissolve, and every little thing had to be <laughs> looked up, and it was unbelievable. But I think that's so cool, and the fact that uh, you did that and put that in, and just um, obviously... It probably gained you a lot of a lot of equity with the band, and in the meantime, of course, you're a musician yourself, and you wind up joining the band uh, in 2015, which is unbelievable. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And uh, and uh, and then and go back to the whole how it ended up on YouTube. Yes, it was. Uh, it was, um, uh, it was that, that was, I had some distribution offers and all that and everything, and and then 
of course, you know, doing it on your own, you know, had no clue how to make a movie, and they learn how to make a movie somehow. Um, the whole business side and the legalities of clearing songs and all that stuff, and um, they're like nobody knows like who owns the publishing rights for like the, the the third album, Love After Death, which is my favorite, amazing album, and um, and so that that would have been a hassle to begin with right there, but then. Uh, they were signed to MCA in the early 90s and then uh, that MCA got bought out by Universal so for like maybe like six months straight I was in talks with Universal to try and clear the songs and everything because I, you know you can't do a painting without painting those songs and um, and so like every week I would get passed down to somebody else because the person I was in contact with either got fired or promoted and so pretty much had to start the conversation all over again and that, that went on for just months and I was like alright and then um and then, uh, you know, they shot me like a random number, like 15 grand, 20 grand, or it would have been like 500 bucks a song. And that's, you know, and I was like, yeah. even just to submit it into like a film festival or something like that. And so I was like, you know what? Screw it. When I woke up one day and I was like, I'm just going to put it out there for free. You know, I'm going to, I'm just, this one's on me, you know? And, uh, and it was, and it was uh, totally at peace with it. And it's just so happy I was, you know, able to do that. And the people who wanted to see it got to see it and everything. And, and just, uh, you know, just really just into it for all the right reasons, you know? Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that it, and we, we went through the same battle. We used all stock music in ours. It, it was, it was about uh, football. We cover a lot of sports here. So we had a, it was a sports documentary. And so it was easy just to kind of plug in some stock music. We didn't have to go through the publishing stuff. And I know that's, uh, you know, for a music documentary, you have to do it. And I think what, what this is, and I think what um, this film represents, is the fact that it's got over thirty-three thousand, you know, views on YouTube. More people got to see it this way than than maybe would have otherwise. And to get their eyes on the product, and to know going forward, of course, that you you know have a passion for this and want to continue on the filmmaking side. And that's maybe that's you know what set forth for you and set your path uh, going forward. So I think it you know it worked out probably for for the best. Um, if, if you'd agree with that. Oh, well, thank you so much. That means a lot. I mean, it's uh, it was just a just a huge chapter in my life, and uh, I'm, I'm thankful it's over. Trust me, because that was a you know, hell of a four years, man. It was just uh, absolutely insane. And um, but uh, yeah, totally at peace with it, and just is totally so so happy with it, and just uh, I'm just so happy that people still enjoy it, and uh, just discovering it or. You know, just uh, you know, just getting something out of the story. A lot of up and coming bands watch it, or even a lot of veteran bands watch it, and they're like, "That hit a little bit too close to home." And I was like, "Good, that was my intention." (laughs) And you know, it was a. I think there was a, a powerful moment in the film for me. And it kind of is 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 Bang Tango in a microcosm, and you didn't mind going there with what Bango t- what Bang Tango is and and what they were, which was a band from the Sunset Strip that uh, was a bit unheralded that maybe came along at a time, uh, you know, maybe late in the game, didn't quite get their due in my opinion. And then at the end of the film, I think it's uh, really powerful. It shows uh, Bang Tango on stage on, on a big stage, and just, you're like, wow. we're, we're what is this? Where are these guys playing? This is cool. And then you flip it around. And it's a big amphitheater, and you see like a hundred people in the crowd. Obviously, Bang Tango must have been opening for someone on a package tour at that point. It was just a powerful moment. It just kind of shows what Bang Tango is and what you know where, where they fit in the landscape. And you, and you were just right. honest about that. I think that was an honest moment. It was a really cool. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank you. And that, that a funny story about that is, and that was a one-off show in Michigan at. Uh, DTE Music Theater, I believe it's called, Big Amphitheater, and uh, they were opening up for Theo Disciples, Queensryche, and Great White, and um, and uh, they hated the ending of the movie that was as is, it kind of ends abruptly, where, you know, Joe goes, that was then, who cares, 
and the movie ends. <laughs> and then they're like, we got to do something about that. We're playing this big show in, in Michigan. It's a one-off show, big amphitheater. Come, you know, drive up, you know, we'll hook you up with gas and all that and just shoot the new ending. There's going to be a lot of people there. I was like, all right, cool. So I get there and um, a door is open at like 6.50 and Bang Tingo goes on at like 6.55. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I was just like, I, this might have even worked out better, like, you know, for, for the movie. And it kind of just, yeah, it represents Bang Tingo perfectly because they represent so many all those bands from that time that should have been something more and you know, like the tagline and still can be. And, uh, but, uh, so that they, they kind of, this were the, the, the poster board for that, you know, and uh, I was happy to, you know, uh, execute that point with the, with the movie. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a, it's a very familiar story for a lot of those, uh, bands at that time. And, uh, and it's just, you know, they, they all got the big record deal, but then they all just, kind of just faded away and they still had that cult following which uh keeps them alive what's your background obviously you're you're a few years younger than me i grew up on this music too we're about the same age we're a little young to be uh to to be fans of music like this but here we are for everyone my age there's there's a story you know for me it was my uncle kind of showing me around what what was uh, the antithesis of all this for you i think you talked about listening to bang tango because uh because you know, of your brother was was that kind of how you got into we'll say this kind of music <laughs> Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. My older, my brother's eleven years older than I am. Oh yeah. And, um, oh yeah. My sister's seven years older, and they they used to watch Headbangers Ball all the time when I was a little kid. So I had no choice but to you know listen to it. And then it just kind of just uh, ingrained itself in my DNA. And then it was just just became just just you know like Uncle Ricky Reckman's on TV again. You know, it's just there he is. You know that guy. And um and it just uh, just became part of my life for sure. All that. And then just you know it just got so deeply into music, and it just just wanted to be, uh, just wanted to be cool like my older brother and older sister, you know. But then I, you know, just ended up just loving it and just, you know, I just love music. And uh, but yeah, that that that, that was it. My definitely my older brother for sure, and he's still like geeking out about it all. So dude, bang tango. I was like, I know. <laughs> now, now, now there's even more of a connection now who would have ever thought that and of course as a as part of the band and, and not only that but just i mean and, and say what you want bang tango with just some amazing players i mean um from the original lineup to now you i mean rowan robertson one of my favorite guitarists of all time uh from dio who was a prodigy at 17 years old playing with dio i also saw him recently with uh, rating the rock ball out in vegas which is an awesome show um, that is a great show. have you too. seen it it's great man oh my god I love it. Oh, it's amazing. And I love Rowan so much, too. He's, he's definitely one of my favorite people in the world. He's as talented as he is an amazing person. And uh, he's just uh, absolutely lovely to be around. And, and uh, he, yeah, it's just an honor to be able to uh, play with him at the, at the shows and all that. And, and we, uh, we actually started trading off uh, a lot of the Bang Tango leads, uh, like on the records. And so, like, uh, we, we split up a lot of the solos now, and it just it's... Uh, it's just such an honor to have him believe in me that much to, to trade off with me uh, for a lot of the leads. So that's it's, it's very uh, humbling. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Drew. We we kind of we cleared this before uh, the interview started. We I, I kind of alluded to the fact that uh, maybe this filmmaking thing was kind of a passion of yours going forward. And we talked uh, a little bit about this before you came on, man. Uh, big big project coming up for you. It's kind of it's it sounds like it's very official. Going to be doing a documentary about a guy that uh, that, that you played with, uh, the original lead singer, of course, from Faith No More, Chuck Mosley, who tragically passed away here in this past November. You kind of said it's official, confirmed it. What's going on with this thing? And uh, just tell us what we can expect, when we can expect to start uh, start seeing this thing, man. 
Oh, absolutely. And, uh, I, I love Chuck so, so, so much. I, um, I only knew him six months, but we, the second I met him, we just instantly connected and I just absolutely adored him from the, from the moment I met him. And, uh, just uh, they had such a connection and such an honor playing with him. And he was always, you know, one of my heroes growing up and everything. And, and, uh, right before he passed, we were talking heavily about, uh, about doing a movie on him and uh he was he was super stoked about it super excited and everything and and then you know unfortunately what, what happened happened and um and myself and uh douglas esper who was his uh who was his professionist and manager and uh, uh we're, we're talking like you know let's let's still do this and we got the okay from his family and everything and and it's just going to be um this Chuck's life and film and just going back from you know, his, he's got such an amazing story. He's a, he was adopted as a child, and and just his upbringing and everything, and then you know, leading to like the Hill and the Face No More and the Cement and the and and, and just his legacy in general. You know, he uh, uh, with uh, especially with like bands like Corn and Disturbed and all that. He yeah, helped mold that uh, whole um, sure uh, part part of music and uh, and. You know, and he was such a humble guy too. Oh my God! You know, and he's just just a wonderful human being. And I'm so excited to do this movie on him. And um, we're, we're just, me and Doug are starting to you know schedule interviews and everything, and and uh, kind of get it going and all that. And and, um, and hopefully we'll be um, you know just to have a presence with it very soon. Um, definitely on Facebook, social media, and all that, and everything, just to build awareness about it and everything. And and it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, after doing the Bang Tango movie, I was like, I'd never do a movie again. But, <laughs> but, but, uh, but, uh, but for Chuck, you know, I, I, I loved him so much and it's, it's worth doing it for, you know, and it's, it's to tell the story and to kind of get, get to know my friend even, uh, even better than I was able to now that he's gone. So it's like a way for me to get to know him better too, you know, even though he's, he's passed and everything. And, uh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that, it's, it's super about it, man. That's so cool, and you know, even just in the the very limited time he was uh, in Bad Brains. I mean, my God, that's it's iconic. He, oh, he, yeah. I mean, unbelievable. I, I love that stuff. I love everything he did. You know, a lot of people don't realize that there was a Faith No More uh, before Mike Patton, who I love, great guy, great right. great singer, one of the great voices, and. Um, but, but yes, un- unbelievable. And I'm just really, um, really happy for you to be able to tackle this. And I, I guess there's something about this, you know, thing about documentaries, what I love about it is just being able to tell a story and weave your own, you know, path, the way that you want to, to take an audience on kind of this, this ride through a documentary. I think that's a, it's a powerful feeling. And, and, you know, I've always said, Drew, you know, you, you kind of have this look about you where you look like you could, you could, um, you could be in a movie yourself. And in fact, you are going to be uh, in a horror movie coming up. Tell us a little bit about that. What's up with this film? And I, I'm a huge horror fan, so this intrigues me a lot. How'd you get involved with this? And uh, what's it going to be, man? Oh man, yeah, that's oh, that's that's going to be so much fun. Um, it's for um, well, I'm a big fan of this uh, actor's name is James L. Edwards, and uh, uh, he was in the, the the Dead Next Door, and uh, and he was in this movie I saw when I was younger called Bloodletting. And it's this incredible, incredible uh, the serial killer movie, and um, I mean, he stars in it. And so I just kind of just started following him on Facebook and all that, and just kind of you know chit chatted with him. And it turns out he was a Bang Tingle fan from back then, so I showed him the movie and he loved it and everything. And um, and I saw he was having auditions for this uh, for his directorial uh, debut. Uh, called her name was Krista, and I was like, 
yeah, why not? So I, I sent him an audition, and he was like, hmm. And I was like, eh? And he was like, eh. And then he was like, let's do that. Let's do another audition. I was like, all right. And sent another one. He was like, yeah. And I was like, yeah? He's like, yep. I was like, well, wow, yeah. And uh, and so I, I got the part. <laughs> and uh, and there's, there's a, whole, a whole different experience, but it was such a blast to shoot. We shot it back in September, and, and actually um, I got my now fiancé a part in the movie, too. She was my girlfriend at the time, and I surprised her and proposed to her on the set of that movie. And uh, you can actually find it on YouTube. And um, and so that was just, a, that was like, like best day ever. It was so cool. It was like 4.30 in the morning, and uh, with that, and she, the, the scene was uh, my, my character works in this uh, this uh, telemarketing office, and I'm the best friend of the main character, and I'm convincing him to like you know get a hooker and all that. And so I'm talking like really dirty and everything and weird. And then uh, my girlfriend at the time was in front of me, and the couple was in front of me, and uh, she just had it's like a reaction shot, like and then as I'm talking dirtily, and, right. um, <laughs> and so it's 4:30 in the morning, and then uh, pretty much my, my line to her is, hey mind your business and then so you know 445 world is like dead tired and I was like uh, and uh, then I had the ring in my pocket and last take of the night I'm like hey will you marry me and she's and I was like yeah (laughs) forget all the hookers and stuff this is real time yeah we're we're just gonna go ahead with this engagement you know that's what you're (laughs) (laughs) you made up for that (laughs) that is awesome and and your name in the film is Nick here I've got the thing pulled up you're Nick in this film you're actually second behind James L. Edwards on the IMDB page is uh is Kaylee is that your fiance is it Kaylee Oh, it's actually uh, that S. It's, it's it's spelled like Teresa, but with A's instead of E's. Oh, okay, because I and see I see her now. Okay, there we go. Because uh, Kaylee Williams as Raven. I was okay. I got gotcha. you. Awesome. <laughs> when is this gonna be released, man? I got I really got to check this out. Oh, uh, it's uh, probably later in the year. They still got some shooting left to do, and uh, and, the, and the, the movie itself. It's 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 so cool. It's like the the way James described it, it was like the Notebook, but with like necrophilia. But it's uh, it, it's really like a horror comedy, though. It's uh, about this guy that. Uh, you know, uh, of a suggestion of his co-worker, you know, trying, tries to find love for pay and ends up falling in love with a hooker. Then, the, then she, she ends up dying and then, then the relationship begins. <laughs> that sounds like an Alice Cooper song to me. I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, this is a great, great stuff. I can't, I can't wait for this. See, I love, I'm just, I'm, a, I'm a horror movie nut. I watch every single horrible one of them on Netflix. I, I can't get enough. I never, I mean, I, oh, my favorite one of all time is Chud. Oh, gosh, I can re- I can remember walking into a video store for the first time and seeing that cover, just, you know, because we used to go in video stores, and that, that was my whole thing. I used to live in the horror section and go up and down, just looking at the covers. It was just like, I can't, I don't know what this is about, I don't know what this is, but I can, uh, Chud definitely st- sticks out to me. I was a big Sleepaway Camp fan. That was like my kind of uh, uh, underground, <laughs> that was my kind of underground thing with the, the Anvil. Ending, the ending of the first one is just like, What? Yeah, and and then in the second one you've got Anvil doing the soundtrack for it, so it just is just one of those yeah. <laughs> crazy. That's and, like that's actually kind of how I got into metal. Really, was like horror movies in the eighties because I, you know, Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, Jason Lives, Alice Cooper. You had oh, yeah. you know Shocker, and you had Megadeth, and you had so many of these things. That's kind of how I got into metal in the eighties was but, just horror movies. That's pretty cool. They, they just belong together. It's it's a perfect marriage. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Those man. They, they, they don't make movies like they used to anymore, you know. <laughs> Absolutely not, and that. But hey, you know that that's that's just it. There, there's just and, and horror is a, is a genre that I think, and it's hard to because you, you know, obviously we live in an era of of, of remakes and, and not a lot of originality. But that's just you know horror. So much has been done. It's hard to you know 
find original ideas, but this seems like something that, hey, you know what? It's an original idea. I'll definitely say that. So I can't wait to see her name was Krista. I'm excited for this, man. I can't, we'll have to be in touch yeah. for when this thing comes out. What what kind of a release are we looking at here? Maybe some kind of a, a stream, one of the streaming sites or how? Oh, yeah, by Blue Bears on Planet, it's going to probably pop up on, uh, like, Netflix and all the on-demand stuff and all that, and all the Amazon and everything, and and, um, and it's, uh, I, I saw a rough cut of, the, of a scene, like, uh, one of the first scenes, and it's uh, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be like like a Kevin Smith movie, but with, like, you know, the <laughs> necrophilia. <laughs> this is so great, so excited for that, man. I'm just, you, you and I, you and I just kind of, like, I don't know. We, we're kind of we're kind of like music and, and movie soulmates or something. We kind of have this. Just, we're like we like live in the same universe. This is this is awesome. I can't wait for that. But before you know, of course, we have to get to not only are you in Bang Tango, but of course, I want to talk about uh, the project Zen from Mars. You guys, uh, I think you guys back. It, it was a, a year and a half ago, I think. Now that this thing uh, got announced, it got started back in 2016. But you're working on another album. Sounds like it's about done. What's the status of this? And man, I'm really excited for it because I love. I'm a big fan of Chips enough, and I'm a huge Kit Tracy fan. I'm just being honest, dead serious. And so, Stephen, awesome. of course, the singer, great stuff. That's so cool. That's awesome. And um, and yeah, it's uh, the way that came about was uh, actually I demoed a bunch of songs for uh, Bang Tango. It was 2015, and um, at that time, I was talking to Stephen, the singer of Kit Tracy, about maybe doing a Kit Tracy documentary because I was like, yeah, what the hell not? You know, I'm that guy now. And, um, and so, uh, so him and I started talking and all that. And, and then, um, and the, 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 there were, the songs were a bit different from the Bang Tango sound, you know? And, um, and so, you know, nothing ever happened with that. Then I was like, Hey Steven, sing on this. Or no, no, I didn't do it like that. But I was like, Hey Steven, you know, I want to check these out. And if you, if you like it, you know, you know, go with it. If not, that's cool too. And he was like, dude, I'm all over this. I'm like, all right. And then at that same time, I was talking to Mike Kelly, the drummer from Fear Factory, about, you know, getting in touch with those guys for doing a, maybe a Fear Factory documentary. Just wanted to cover all my bases. And uh, <laughs> and uh, and then uh, I was like, hey, check this out. He's like, I'm your drummer. I was like, all right, uh, you're my drummer now. He's like, yes, I am. I'm like, cool. And uh, and I'm a huge Fear Factory fan, so I was like, ooh. And, um, and then, uh, then Chip's enough, you know, I, I'm, I'm always, always at his house in Chicago and then it's just, you know, you can't help but get a contact high and it's, and I was like, Hey, should I do want to be in a band? He's like, sure, bro. No problem. Is there trim involved? I'm like, yeah, your wife's on keyboards. And so his, his wife, the Kate is on keyboards. Wow. And, and then, uh, then Bryn Arns from Flip, he's a friend of Steven's from like 25 years ago. And so I have, and I'm a big Flip fan. And so it was like a like a dream band. I was like, I love all these bands. Let's do it. And um, and then uh, so much like how I made the Bang Tango movie, pretty much ass backwards. Like you know, uh, I did the album ass backwards too. So I learned how to not make an album and how to make an album. And uh, and so uh, yeah, it's, it took a long time to record. And we have, you know we all live in different parts of the country and everything like that. But uh, but we're all in it as a band though. We definitely want to do some live shows you know at some point and uh and um and it's finally finally almost done and uh and there's like there's 12 songs and uh we we put out the one song about a year and a half ago just for temperature and we had matt wallace who produced all the faith and moral albums actually mixed that and um and uh, we just kind of wanted to be like let's see what blabbermouth says and then we uh, you know i would go on blabbermouth to read all the comments and every negative comment, I would actually reach out to the person and be like, "Hey, just what, 
what didn't you like about it? You know, you know, it's kind of you get a feel for it. And then a lot of those people, a lot of all the haters, actually became really good friends of mine. Wow! And that, and, and they love the band now. And um, one even designed a, a, a logo. Uh, <laughs> God, you you have the most <laughs> so awesome random connections. Negativity, go with it. <laughs> That's so cool. Kinda, yeah, people people appreciate it when you when you actually ask their opinion. And so I'd go on, I'd see their name, I'd go on Facebook, message them, be like, hey, you know, this. What made you feel this way? No matter how bad the comment was, and they were always appreciated, and they were like, "Dude, that's awesome!" And so, um, so I was kind of put out there for temperature, and the, the finished song sounds 100 percent different, and uh, and uh, I, I cannot wait to finally get it out there because it's it's just each song kind of stands on its own. Like you know, one song sounds like it could be on a Black Sabbath album, then the next song sounds like it could be on like a like a Maroon Five album. You know, it's just but it's all kind of in its own little world. So. It's uh, it's very exciting, and then just another huge passion project, and and uh, just super excited about that. And actually, our mixer Richard Easterling, who's in, incredible. He's uh, actually supposed to be sending me some mixes a little bit later today, so I can't wait to hear that. And I would love to get your opinion on it too, man. So oh, hit like, me up with those for sure. I'll always do it, and then you can call me out if I have something negative to say. You can you can you know call me out, and then I'll absolutely. create a logo for you on the next one. So absolutely. <laughs> No, in that, this, just, this whole yeah, thing, though, like just, it, it, that's so funny. It just shows yeah. you, though, this is so cool to me because for all the bad things and negative things that social media brings, and there are a lot of bad things about it, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, negativity, and there's a lot of things that are, you know, in like my mom being my Facebook friend has always been a problem and stuff like that. But <laughs> right, in this right. world, can you imagine? Because you grew up, you know, same time as me, and you probably with a lot of the same uh, heroes, and it sounds like that, that you do. Could you imagine, you know, at a time where you could be able to connect connect with them uh, via some sort of on the computer or on your on a cell phone, and then not only that, but wind up working with some of these people and doing some of these things. Without it, I wouldn't be whatsoever doing what I do and interviewing the people that I do. There's no way, and it's unbelievable. I think that's just a testament to how how good it is and the connections you can make is truly remarkable. Oh, I agree. Oh yeah, I, I would. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have what I have today if it weren't for social media, for sure. Any kind of you know the way you connect through and everything and. And uh, it's, it's, you know, so it's, it, I love it. You know, it's great. So thank you, Facebook. Yeah, yes, uh, with, uh, without which I never would have, you know, uh, I would never have talked to or met or gone to some of these shows. It's to the point now, you know, I love, you know, be, being able to go to the shows and meet meet you guys in person. I didn't get to cut, oh my gosh, and that reminds me, you guys, uh, Bang Tango was in Kansas City in June, um, this past June, I did, and I got to, I was at the show, of course, I didn't get to come back and say hi. Uh, we were running late on something, had to get out of there. Next time, you guys play the scene here. You know the venue I'm talking about here in Kansas City, the yeah, scene? Yeah, yeah. You, remember we... I was I was actually I I had to miss that show, but I, we played there before. I remember the scene, and we played there with Autograph in 2016. Yeah, yeah. Right, right after we did Rocklahoma. And that was, that was a cool place. That yeah, was a really cool. Place. Yeah, it's like it's it's it's. I'm a huge fan of it, and I've seen I've, Kicks has been there since. I've seen Faster Pussycat, but so it's a it's a venue very centered around, uh, you know, that era of rock. A lot of a lot of bands, from, you know, from the '80s and stuff like that. So next time, my friend, next time Bang Tango rolls through, you know, we know it's going to be at the scene. That's the place for for Bang Tango. You, you're not the missing this show, man. You're not missing this, and you got to come back, and we'll uh, we'll kick back a few and uh, and and you know and uh, reminisce about some of these uh, some of these times, man. We'll have to do it for sure. I'd love that. I'd love that, man. That sounds like a plan. Drew, I tell you what, we have so much more. We'll, we'll just have to be in contact going forward because there's a lot more we could do, uh, a lot more we could talk about, man. But you've been so generous with your time and um, just so excited for all the things you're doing. You're just a real cool, positive dude. 
Really glad to get to talk to you. We got to do this again, and I'll, you know, don't worry because I'm going to be in touch with you. We got uh, we got our stuff going. We're getting ready to roll out our um, crowdfunding and stuff for our, for this next documentary we got. So I'll be in contact with you because I need. I, I'm I'm always needing some advice on that end because my God, if anyone's been through it, you have. For <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. call or text absolutely anytime, man. You know, it's uh, I, if even if it's just to need somebody to share your pain with, I've been there. You know, so I, I got you. <laughs> yeah, like. Like man, have you ever had your computer freeze freeze in the middle of a rendering and had to you know lose twelve clips, oh, have to start God. over? Like that's yeah, all of it. Oh, it's awful. Oh but, my man, God! But once you once you get the thing done, though, it's like <sighs> that's yeah, yeah. The, the collective sigh of relief. There's no other feeling quite like it, and I'm glad that it's led you down this road to to doing yet another film, and it's going to be good to collaborate like that about it because then I'll. Absolutely, throughout all this, be glad to be you know sharing anything you got about the Chuck Mosley deal. I even do a horror movie deal, so when when uh, when when that comes out, I'll be able to I'll review that for our site on that. So, oh yeah, that'd be awesome. Drew, anytime, man. Let's keep in touch. Best of luck on everything going forward, man. Can't thank you enough for joining us, and let's uh, let's keep it going, man. We'll keep in touch and uh, keep on it, my man. That sounds great. Thank you so much. Such an honor to be on your show. Oh. Absolutely, anytime. Anytime. Great stuff, man. The honor's ours for sure. Best of luck. We'll, we'll stay in touch, my friend. Can't thank Drew enough for the awesome conversation. I cannot tell you how much I enjoyed that, uh, catching up with him and finally um, getting a chance to do an interview um, and, and talk about all the things he has coming up. Very excited uh, for his film project coming up, his horror movie. So be in touch with Drew. He's the guy that he's out there on social media. You can hit him up on Twitter. You can have, hit him up on Facebook, and he'll get back to you. You heard him talk about how he uh, was you know, sort of firing back against the criticisms against the uh, Zim from Mars album. And people kind of became huge fans after he asked them, you know, what, what was it they don't think is good about it? What, what can they improve on? And he was very hands-on in that. I think that's great. He's a great guy, great guitarist, and um, a great friend of the shows now. I'm proud to say that. Hopefully, I'm um, going to keep up with him. So, uh, my, uh, my business partner and I are working on a documentary of our own starting this fall, and he's uh, offered to be of assistance for that, and I hope he knows. There's, I'm, I'm going to be calling him at all hours of the night with all sorts of problems. Uh, this is our second documentary. I know what goes into this. So, Drew, better be prepared for some phone calls from me, my friend, but can't thank you guys enough for joining us here on this special early edition of the Music Mania podcast. Join us of course, on Friday, as always, for another big show as Glenn Hughes, the voice of rock, will be joining us. Until then, keep rocking. 